You're listening to the Remix Movement Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. Nah, sorry. <laughs> oh, we're so used to me starting. That's why. That's why. All right. Well, here's another episode of the Remix Movement. I am back with Lewis. I'm so happy to have you here. Yes, I'm glad to be back. We got so much great feedback. From our last episode that we did for the Friday prayer wave. Really? Yes. Specifically for the intro that you did. Oh, awesome. Like I added a little dabble with the graphics on YouTube, but the sound quality and the way it sounds like spot on. Awesome. A lot of people really liked it. That's great. Yes. So if you did not get a chance to listen to episode 128, where we featured the new intro for the Friar pr- uh, Fire. For the Friday, <laughs> you're close. I'm sorry. For the Friday prayer wave, I highly suggest that you check it out. You can find the link in the bio on our Instagram, and you can also find it on YouTube. Just YouTube the Remix Movement podcast. Awesome. All right. So this is episode 129. Lewis and I, we got some stuff we're gonna talk about specifically in one particular um, book in the Bible. And it was really hard to come up with a title for this episode. So the only thing that I could really think about, because this is just something on the top of my head, is some lessons from Daniel. That's catching. It, actually, it's really not. It's like, <laughs> I know you're trying to be nice, but it really isn't. So the Bible always has all these different characters, right? All these different people that lived in their times. And there's so many different lessons and revelations that you can get from every piece of the Bible, right? Yes. And since we're going to focus on Daniel, I was like, you know what? Like, we only have a few points that we want to go ahead and catch up and we want to mention. But these points are, like, super important. And they're actually revelations that I really do feel a lot of our listeners are going to really be able to identify with and be able to apply them to their lives. So these are just some of the lessons that you can get from Daniel. Well, I mean, he's important anyway, so. Yeah, but I really feel like if like if you guys continue to read this particular book, right, because we're not going to read the whole book. We're only going to read a few verses. But if you get a chance to like dig deeper after this podcast and you say, you know what, I want to read a little bit more about Daniel, let's continue to take this dive like you're gonna get a lot more lessons than what you just start here so i guess you can say like this is kind of like the beginning of the lessons okay all right so i'm just gonna pull up the bible verse here because it's just i'm not prepared oh that's interesting <laughs> i have the the bible verse and everything i just don't have it pulled up so say hi to the people louis so i check it hello people <laughs> well stephanie checks it no actually um Reading the notes, it's pretty good. Well, I hope it is. I hope it is because I really do feel like this is something that, like, God put into existence. Yes. You know, like. I mean, it was with purpose, obviously. Exactly. Like, this isn't just something that, like, oh, Stephanie thought about it. Right. <laughs> like, I really do feel like, like I said, it's it's short, small lessons, but there's so many more. And I, like I said, I encourage you. We're going to be reading Daniel chapter 1. And um, we're going to be reading a few verses here and there. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to dig into two, maybe three major revelations that come from these verses. All right. So Daniel chapter one, I'm going to read one through six. All right. It says during the third year of King, I'm going to butcher his name, Jehoiakim's 
reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So that means he took over. All right. Uh, the Lord gave him victory over this king of Judah and permitted him to take over some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Not our God, but his God. All right. Verse three says, then the king ordered, I'm going to butcher his name, Ashpenaz. They had all these really weird names, right? Yes. Well, not typical names. Well, I mean, maybe to them. Well, back yeah. Then. Weird to us, but typical. For yeah. Them. Or more Americanized with the names. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, so the king ordered his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylonia as Babylon as captives. Select only the strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and lit uh, literature of Babylon. The king assigned them uh, a daily right, uh, ration of food and wine from his own kitchens, royal kitchen. And they were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishaiah, and Uzziah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Babylon. Now, uh, the chief renamed their names. From all of those, we now know them as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> and then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to skip it to verse 8 and 9, and then 12 to 17. So it says, Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine that was given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. And so going down to verse 12, did I say 12? Let me see. 12 to 17. 12 to 17. Thank you, babe. Okay, going back to verse 12, Daniel replies and says, please tell us, let us test us for 10 days on a diet of just vegetables and water, Daniel said. And at the end of the 10 days, see what we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. They then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestions and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than any of the other young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided by uh, the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom, and God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the, meaning, the meanings and visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar and the king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel and these three other men. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they entered the royal service. Okay, so first thing that I want to go ahead and bring to attention, because I know that's a lot to read. The first thing I want to mention is Daniel was handpicked by the king's chief and we are, he was also handpicked, fully favored by God. 
Yes, that's huge. Fully favored, right? So not a lot of people really understand that out of all of the men that were good looking, that were healthy, that were wise, that had all these criterias, like you needed to be the top of the top in order for you to be able to get into this particular club, right? To be able to be a part of training in the King's Palace. Like there were certain criterias and they met all of them. Yes. Okay. But not only that, but they even went on to be handpicked by God to be able to set themselves apart from the rest of the group. Right? So how do I compare this to us right now? Oh, I just dropped a pen. <laughs> Sorry. How do I compare this to us right now? We are all handpicked by God. All that right. Is true. That Everybody is, true. is qualified to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? And the reason how I know this is because the Bible says that he loved you while you were in your mom's womb. He picked you even when you didn't pick him. So the same way Daniel was able to feel like, you know what? Not only was I selected, but I was selected because they found the God in me. I was selected, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were selected because God handpicked me. And they didn't think low of themselves. They thought high of themselves. And they didn't compare themselves to the rest of the group. They knew that they were handpicked by God. Yes. So, like, if, if the listeners right now could really understand this, your attitude, your mentality, and the way you think and the way you act and the way that you treat others changes when you recognize that you are handpicked by God. Yeah. And you know what I think is cool is that they were able to like not only did they recognize it, but they lived it. So they were able to show off God and what everything that he can do through them. Yeah. And it was something that like, thank God, the chief of staff was able to trust Daniel enough to do it. Right. Because the story could have been so different if the chief of staff said, I know you said that you wanted only 10 days of vegetables, but everybody's doing the same course. So, no, you're not going to be able to set yourself apart for 10 days and only have water and vegetables. That's not going to happen. That's true. Like, that's God's favor, if you think about it. And we talked about this before in other episodes about how favor is undeserving uh, blessings that you get from God. It's not something that you can attain, you can earn. It's not something that you get by your merits. Favor is something that God says, you know what? I love you. I chose you. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and give you a promotion. I love you. I chose you. So you know what? Yeah, you deserve to be able to shine in front of everybody else. That's what God did right here. God was like, you know what? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, I love you guys so much. I'm going to allow my favor to shine upon you. And the chief of staff is not going to give you any problems mm -hmm. because you're going to be able to honor me the way I know that you're honoring me, but you're going to be a blessing to others. And God wants the same thing to do with you now, right? God wants us to be able to say, you know what? I was handpicked by God. So if I have a different vision or I have a different idea and I'm in the middle of like a huge boardroom or I feel like, you know, like I may be insignificant because maybe other people have more experience than I do, you're going to be able to stand in your faith and know that you were handpicked by God and not be afraid to say what's on your mind. And I really do feel like as believers, this is something that we need to get 
kind of ingrained in the way we live, right? We can't be living our lives with, with our heads down and feeling like I'm not enough. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of people go that way, like live their lives that way, which is uh it's I'm sure it's heartbreaking for God, you know. Yeah, God has all the potential in the world for you. You are all you're already royal to him because you are his son or daughter. So like as believers, the first revelation that we get from Daniel at this time is the same way that Daniel was handpicked by the chief, the king's chief. He was also handpicked and fully favored by God. So the second revelation we get from here is if you're not, I mean, if you're not willing to compromise God's standards for your life, then God will be willing to elevate you in front of others. That's a good one. Okay, so they thought, right, that if you were to take all those men that they selected and let them eat as much food and let them indulge in as much wine, that they would be stronger and healthier. That's the way that the king thought. And the reason why the king thought that was because back in the time of Babylonian, they believed that if you had wealth and money and you had fruits and vegetables and meat and gold and silver and wine, that was a sign of wealth, okay? But what they didn't know was that Daniel already knew in everything that he was training before he even got selected, that there were certain things that God wanted from their bodies, right? So there's certain things that God had asked his people to do. And one of them was don't, don't get drunk with wine. That's just one of the things that God back in those old times was saying to people like, I don't want you to be drunk with wine. I want you to be able to fill yourself with knowledge, right? And Daniel already had experience of how it was to be able to keep your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, pure. And the best way to do that was basically sustaining yourself with what you need, which is like fresh fruit. I mean, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, things that were grown from what you produced. Okay, so while all these people thought, oh, I'm going to give them as much food and as much wine as they can, and they're going to be great warriors and they're going to be great men. Daniel was thinking, no, 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 no. God's standards show me that his ways are better. So because I've been serving God before you even selected me, I was already selected by God. I'm going to go ahead and show you that God's standards are better than yours. And after the chief allows him to go ahead and do this, not only does that show that he's different, but the Bible even says he was stronger, he was healthier, and he was better looking in conditions that he decided to choose for himself mm -hmm. versus the ways that the king's people were trying to do for them. And again, this goes back to God's standards are always going to look different than the standards that this world has, and that's on purpose. And that's something that a lot of believers don't understand because here's the thing, right? A lot of people think that the church, all right, the building the church needs to compete with society's views of what is popular. So they try to bring in all these lights and they try to bring in all these sound equipments and they try to bring in all these things to the point where some churches look like entertainment. Not all of them, but some of them. And this is the way that, like, like, again, God's standards are what he says in the Bible. But because some people in this world 
think I need to gravitate and allow the youth and allow the young people to see that I'm hip and I'm cool. So I'm going to try to look this way. And, and I'm a kind of person where I don't have a problem with the big music and with the sound, but I really do feel like nowadays it's harder to find a church that's on fire for God in the midst of like all of the extra stuff that they add in. Do you agree with that, Lewis? I don't know. I'm thinking about it, and I'm not sure. Not that I don't agree with your statement. Um, it's just I've never looked at it that way. So I'm kind of like like taking it in. Okay. Well, here's another example, right? Back in the days when people used to meet at churches, right? When Daniel used to meet and he used to pray, the Bible says that he prayed for hours in a day, okay? And he was so accustomed to praying to God for hours in a day that he didn't mind if, like, somebody came in and said something to him because he'd been so used to spending so much time with God that it was already a natural habit. Bring it back to today's culture. Some churches limit the time, and they constrain it to an hour, an hour and a half, and they think that because the attention span of the kids are supposedly smaller, then we need to cut the church service where God is supposed to be manifesting his glory to something smaller. I understand why they do that. But again, this is the difference between God's standards and popular culture standards. There's no need for us to have to monogram everything. And what I mean by monogram is like, 30 minutes praise and worship, 30 minutes uh, preaching, 10 minutes receive the tithes and offering. Like, if God decides to speak in that service in the midst of one song, I'm a kind of person where, like, you can't cut what the Holy Spirit is doing. I, I mean, honestly, like, in the Bible, there's everybody was so accustomed. Moses, Isaac, Abraham, Joseph, Daniel, the people of Israel were so accustomed to being in God's presence to being in God's, like, uh, tabernacle and to being there that there was no time constraint. For them, it was like, like, why would you not want to be in God's presence? But in today's popular culture, that mindset of what God's standards are is competing with popular culture society. And, and they're trying, like I said, it's a, it's a battlefield. And I really do believe from what we're seeing in Daniel, it's, if you're not willing to compromise God's standards for your life, I do believe that God is going to see that you're searching him longer, you're praying more, you're more passionate for God. And yes, it looks different than maybe what your friends are doing because maybe they have extra time to go to the movies, to go hang out, to go eat out. But God's presence is what's going to elevate you in front of other people. And that's what we see here. Daniel is able to do this standard of what God is doing, right? I'm only going to have water and I'm only going to have vegetables. And I know it looks different. And I'm, I want you to test me in this because I feel like this is God telling me that I need to do this, right? He gets the green light and it even says, hey, because of what you've done, because of that mature step that you took not to compromise God's standards, because you decided to be different I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to make sure that the other people see what you're seeing. I'm going to make sure that you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are the ones that are able 
to, to come into my palace to show a different light. And I really do believe a part of like what God is doing right now is he's handpicking and selecting people that are mature and bold enough to say, yes, it looks different that instead of hanging out with my friends at a bar, I'm going to go and I'm going to go back home, read the Bible and seek the Lord. But at the end of the day, what I do in private, God is going to bring into glory in the public. What I'm doing behind closed doors, don't worry about if I'm cool. Don't worry about if you think that it's, it's not a really good decision. I'm going to be missing out. Don't worry about that because God's going to elevate you in front of those people. And that's one of the lessons that we see from Daniel. That's a big lesson. That is a big lesson. I know it's a lot. And I know you didn't think I was going to say that, No. but honestly <laughs> it, it goes with this because again, the power of God is not limited. And even in this, like you're seeing God is in Daniel and these three men. And, and this is just like the first chapter if God can do this within the first 18 verses and you read the rest of Daniel, like we haven't even gotten to the part where the the boys and Daniel like don't uh, bow down to the king or the idol. We haven't gotten to the part where Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. We haven't gotten to the part where Daniel's able to do even more within the palace. We haven't gotten to any of that. This is literally just the beginning. Yeah. All right. So. The last thing I want to go ahead and mention, right? And I put here, this is one of the keys. God was the central aspect of Daniel's life. And it might see something that's like, well, Stephanie, of course, like he's in the Bible. No, God was the central aspect of Daniel's life. He honored God first by doing what he decided to do, right? And because he honored God, God elevated him. Like, God needs to be the first thing you think about when you make whatever decision, big or small, in your life. That's basically the point. Like, even like, oh, do I move here or do I stay here? Ask God. Well, do I date this person or do I marry this person? Ask God. Like, too many times we get so wrapped up in our emotions and we think like, oh, this is my decision because it's affecting me. No, honey, it's God's decision. So, like, tell me, like, Lewis, I don't know if you can chime in here, right? Have you ever felt like there have been times where it's hard for you to take a step back and say, God, like, what do I do? Sure. I think we've all had that experience before where we just don't have the answer. Yeah. And even for something that, like, we think is something that doesn't make any sense when it's something small, like, we just forget to ask God, well, God, what do you want me to do? I think I think it's easier for us as people to ask uh, for answers to somebody else. And which is why sometimes we we go the wrong way. You know, like we take another avenue. Exactly. And this is what we get from Daniel. If you put God first, then everything else will work out. And it's in the Bible, too. I don't remember what verse it is. But the Bible says if you put God and the things of God's kingdom first, then everything else will fall into place. And again, God needs to be the central aspect of your life, of the person who's listening to this podcast right now, of the person that, oh, that was me. I don't know what's up with this pen. I keep dropping it. But yeah, like every aspect, whether it's in your finances, in your job, in your career, in your new business plan, in your second job, um, if it's in your health, like you need to put God first. And I'll give you a testimony on this, right? So there are certain things that 
an hour journey with infertility that I never thought about because I was thinking of myself. Well, it might hurt. It might take too long. You know, like it, it might not be the right thing for me. And we've gotten to the point where there's something that I'm going to do in August that I really took a step back. And I'm doing something that a lot of people are like, Stephanie, please. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, like, Lewis, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so basically what I'm talking about is acupuncture, all right? I've never done acupuncture. And because I have a history when I was younger with asthma that I used to get shots all the time and injected and, like, all these cool things that are coming out with asthma now weren't there back when I was, you know, younger in the 90s, I, I got a huge fear of needles. And it took me hours to get my physical done, to draw blood. And I, like, I told Lewis, I said, babe, you know what? I've never tried acupuncture. I've done research on it, and I just want to go and see. And I needed to ask this question to God. God, help me to get through this and tell me what I need to do. And, and I'm telling you, my sister, my mom, you know, at times, Lewis will tell me the same thing. He'd be like, well, are you sure you want to do acupuncture, babe? Because you've never done that. You don't know if you'll like that. You don't know if it'll be worth it. On top of that, we pay out of pocket for it because insurance doesn't cover it. Is this something that you should do? And the whole time, like after I had the consultation, coming out of that consultation, I said, God, I'm going to do what you allow me to do. And if you're opening this door and you're putting it in a place where I have no other excuses, I know that this is something you want me to do. And the peace of God literally coming out of that appointment was on me. And I feel really like if you are in the midst of something that you never thought I, you would do, right? I never thought that I could be a good cook. I never thought I could change my career to being a masseuse. I never thought that I would come up with a business plan. I never thought that I would write a book. I never thought I would start a podcast. Whatever it is that you never thought about and you're thinking about, the best thing for you to do is ask God. Ask God. That's Yeah, that's pretty much the best thing you can do. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes God won't give you an answer because he wants you to keep asking him, keep building a relationship with him. And when you have asked God and you have the peace in your heart, then that's the green light. Honestly, the green light is when you know what God has told you is what you're supposed to do and you're clear on it and you ask your friends and you ask your family and everybody keeps saying like, maybe you should do it. Maybe you should do it. Then you know what? If you ask God and you have the peace on your heart, go ahead and do it. And that's what Daniel did here. Daniel asked God. Daniel said, you know what? God is the central aspect of my life. God is the reason why I'm here. God is the reason why I was picked. God is the reason why I'm set apart. God is the reason why he's elevated me. God is the reason why King Nebuchadnezzar sees me differently. God is why I am who I am. And that's the last key point I have for this little episode. That's, that's a really good one. The main one. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you really liked this episode. I didn't hear much from Lewis. Sorry, it's just I'm re I'm like I'm the audience you're talking to her today. Like. <laughs> I know it's a lot. We packed a lot in this episode, but we talked about those, you know, main revelations. And like I said, I really encourage you keep reading the book of Daniel. There's not that many chapters in it, but it's a really good book. If you really want to understand more about God and you can apply 
the revelations that are going on. If you like this episode, please share with others, like it, and we really appreciate you just continuing to be our listeners. Yes, we do. All right. Have a wonderful and blessed week, and I will talk to you again soon. Yes. God bless. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Remix Movement for more updates. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and subscribe. Feel free to send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless.